0: Thanks, Tunji. Good morning, everyone. I, I trust you are well and enjoying your morning so far. We um, we live in really interesting times, don't we? And we've all been impacted in varying degrees. One minute life looked a certain way, and in an instant, it- it's dramatically different. And I don't know about you, but it can feel like we've been forced into a situation which we didn't even ask for and which we don't have much control over either. I read an article recently which said that only 9% of the UK want life to go back to normal after lockdown and after the pandemic. This same article said that that lockdown had caused people to appreciate their families more. People are enjoying the slower pace of life. People are noticing wildlife more, people are thinking more, reflecting more, finding out things they enjoy, getting to know their neighbours and even considering working less once all this is over. One of the things lockdown seems to have done is made people aware of what really matters to them. What is essential? What gives people meaning, purpose and happiness? Over the last couple of weeks, we've been... Um, Looking at Jesus's farewell speech to his disciples Um, a bit like lockdown, Jesus's disciples have come to terms with a dramatic change in their own lives. Their daily routine has hit the rocks and their circumstances will change pretty shortly as they come to terms with their teacher, their Lord, their best friend, Jesus, leaving them unexpectedly. After Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead in chapter 11 with his last miracle, Jesus spends six chapters preparing his disciples for his suffering, death, resurrection and ascension, which takes place from chapter 18 onwards. And so with our Bibles, let's continue journeying through John as we read from chapter 16 this morning. And I'll be reading from verse five. It says this. But now I am going to him who sent me. This is Jesus speaking. And none of you asks me, Where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you and when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment concerning sin because they do not believe in me concerning righteousness because I go to the father and you will see me no longer concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is still judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth that he will not speak in his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come he will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it to you all that the father has is mine therefore i said that he would take what is mine and declare it to you you know i imagine that the disciples already started making their plans in their heads of what the many years would look like following jesus as his fame would continue to grow and um, unlike because the disciples didn't have the privilege of hindsight they They didn't see the whole picture. They didn't see the future church empowered by the spirit, bringing the kingdom. Their immediate thought was, how was this going to impact us? Meanwhile, Jesus is trying to tell them it will be better if I leave. But oftentimes, I don't know about you, when I'm confronted with bad news, I can't really hear the good. Jesus says to them in verse five, none of you are asking me where I'm going. You might remember earlier in chapter 13, Peter does ask Jesus, where are you going? And in chapter 14, Thomas asks Jesus, where are you going? But it seems by chapter 16 that the disciples are so sad. And as Jesus observes in verse six, full of grief that they can't even bring themselves to speak to Jesus. This is Jesus's longest monologue. He hasn't been interrupted since chapter 14. I don't know if you've ever felt like that sad, maybe even angry at a situation you've got no power over that impacts you greatly. You're upset, angry, annoyed, and the last thing you want to do is talk about it. You know, it's in Jesus' departing that the disciples' love for him seems to come out even more. They love Jesus, and they can't imagine life without him. You truly don't know what you've got, do you? Till it is gone. For many of us in King's Church we might feel a similar sadness of separation at this time. Mums, dads, brothers, sisters, sons, daughters, you name it. Most of us are like the disciples, filled with grief and uh, what we would give just for a hug or even a quick face-to-face natter with those closest to us. Absence really does make the heart grow fonder. When we come together again one day as a church family, I wonder if we will be more appreciative of one another. I wonder if we'll see a couple of more extra hugs. I wonder if we'll see increased fellowship, deeper relationships. I wonder if our increased love for one another might even attract others to us. It's worth wondering, isn't it? We can understand the disciples' sadness here. One of the wrong assumptions, however, they make is they assume that being physically distant from Jesus means to be socially and spiritually distant from him as well. Social distancing is a phrase we've heard a lot over the past couple of months, but it's not a very helpful phrase because it assumes wrongly, like the disciples here, that fellowship and human connection is limited to physical interactions. I heard someone say on the news recently, rather confusedly, what are the churchgoers going to do if their churches are closed? Well, buildings might be closed, but the church, the people of God, is always open. And one of the ways we fellowship and continue to meet is online. The purpose of our online Sundays are not to compete with the rest of YouTube, nor are they an attempt to knock Netflix off its perch of 182 million subscribers. Our purpose for gathering online is is not for entertainment, nor is it to have the best online Sunday experience. Our purpose for gathering online is to create a space where Jesus can be of central focus within our community and within our hearts. That we continue to faithfully proclaim his good news. And that unlike Netflix or any other streaming platform, we don't consume. Okay, But we open ourselves up to be conformed to his image. And so as gritty and low budget as you like, it's still weightier. And just a couple of seconds reading and hearing God's word together on YouTube as a church family, it carries immensely more purpose and weight and truth. It points us to something higher and to something truer and more real. Because this demands something from us. It really does. And as we gather in our Zoom groups, we are sharing in the spirit and we are inviting Jesus into our conversations as we draw closer to him. We might be physically distancing, but we are not socially or spiritually distancing from one another. Jesus says in in verse seven, it's it's for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the helper or the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Did you know in this pandemic, Jesus has sent you a lockdown roommate, a comforter, a helper, a counsellor? You know, it's often said that the Holy Spirit is like the Cinderella of the Trinity. Father and son are ready to go to the ball, but the poor old Holy Spirit is uninvited, left out of our conversations. Sometimes when the Holy Spirit is described, it sounds a lot like someone is describing the force from Star Wars. It's powerful, but it's not impersonal. But just like the Father and just like Jesus, the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is God, as John says himself in chapter four, verse 24. I love John's Gospel because it's rich, isn't it, with language to describe the Holy Spirit. Since the opening chapters, we've, we've read about a new wine at a wedding in Cana, the best wine saved for us. We read about a new birth by the Holy Spirit. We, re- we read about water, which will never leave us thirsty, and about true worshippers who will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. But unlike the rest of the New Testament, John's Gospel gives the Holy Spirit a name Four times in this gospel, and once in his letter, John calls the Holy Spirit the parakletos or the paraclete. Depending on your translation, this name, the paraclete, might be translated in your Bible as the helper or the advocate or the counsellor or the comforter. There, there really isn't one word that fully captures what the paraclete is. But it's safe to say that this paraclete is the helping presence of God, which In dwells every believer, providing abundant comfort, encouragement and strength. Jesus says, I will send this paraclete to you and it will act as my very presence among my people. Earlier in chapter 14, Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. In our chapter, chapter 16, Jesus is essentially saying, if you've seen the spirit, you've seen me. As Jesus says in verse forty, in the spirit, the paraclete will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. And this Holy Spirit, this paraclete Jesus promises that it will indwell and it will live inside of you and it will live inside of me. And so the implication of this is our relationship with the Holy Spirit is supposed to be as intimate and tight knit as when Jesus was on earth walking with his disciples and as intimate as Jesus' relationship with the Father. Just as Jesus only did what the Father said, so too the Spirit, the paraclete, does and speaks only the words of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit loves to speak. The Holy Spirit loves to speak so much that when the Spirit was poured out on that group of believers in Acts 2, a sound erupted as people began to speak in different languages. The Holy Spirit loves to speak. So what's the Spirit saying to you? Many of us have longed for a deeper connection with the Holy Spirit. Many of us have longed to know his voice like the voice of a friend. In this season of lockdown, why don't you ask the helper, the comforter, the paraclete, the Holy Spirit to speak to you? Maybe you find that you've got a bit more fluidity to your schedule these days and as a result, a bit more time. Why don't you ask the Holy Spirit? What are you saying to me, Holy Spirit? Ask the Holy Spirit to comfort you with the words of Jesus. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you and to strengthen you in this time. Let's listen, let's, let's be guided in all the things of the Spirit and let's live every word that comes from his mouth. You know, um, I know for many of us, it might not feel like there is a comforter, a helper with us during this time, Lockdown and and this pandemic can intensify some of our struggles. For many of us, we feel lonely. Some of us struggle with mental health, depression, negative patterns of thinking. Anxiety, panic. What are the next few months going to look like financially, health-wise, and in so many other areas of life? I don't want to belittle any of these difficult situations that life throws at us, but no matter how bad your situation is, there's always hope, and Jesus says here, yeah, "There's always a comforter." I won't leave you as orphans, Jesus says in John 14, "I will send you a paraclete who will be with you forever." Jesus ends this chapter with a remarkable promise. Join me as I as I end my reading by reading uh, verse 33. Jesus says, "I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace, and in the world." might have tribulation, but take heart, I've overcome the world. I don't know about you, but when I read that, I see two conflicting promises. You will have peace. You will have trouble. How does that work? You know, the world, this age we live in might continue its attacks. But Jesus says here he has made all of it pointless and ineffective. Why? Because the ultimate battle has already been won by Jesus' death and resurrection. And, and those who share in Christ share in this victory over the world. And it's not just that we appear emotionless when we encounter hardships, but that we can be confident that we will share in the ultimate victory because Jesus has really overcome the world. Jesus's departure stirs grief in the disciples and reminds us of our own present time of separation from those we we love. But in order for his work to be completed, the ministry of the Holy Spirit must begin, it's better. The promise of a helper, of a comforter, the Paraclete, the spirit of truth, is better for us, Jesus says. The spirit will comfort us and help us and speak to us. Because the Holy Spirit is a person, the essential ingredient for our discipleship, being taught all we need to know. And for our mission as the spirit finishes the work of Jesus here on earth. Thank you guys, bless you and have great rest of the day.